Hi, and welcome back to the How to Decorate podcast from Ballard Designs. We want to teach you how to decorate your home and unleash your inner decorator. So we'll be interviewing interior designers, stylists, and other talents in the design world, sharing the trials and triumphs of our own homes, and also answering your decorating questions. I'm Caroline. I run the Ballard Designs blog, How to Decorate. And I'm Taryn. I'm on the product design team at Ballard. And I'm Karen, ahead of branding at Ballard. We're your hosts. Hey. Should we do some trials and triumphs, ladies? No. Not what we refuse. No. <laughs> no one wants to listen. No, I'm kidding. Karen, you had a good one. Why don't you do yours? I have a great triumph. You guys, we have our own official podcast room at the office. Woo-hoo. Yes. <laughs> it's so fun. Um, yeah, they take us seriously now. It's crazy. <laughs> yeah, they gave us a whole space. And it's, it's amazing. extra insulated. And they wired us for this pretty chandelier. And yes. we have an amazing table. And we got to decorate it. Yes, so it's fun. And it's kind of a hot pink to go with our chair, we have our chairs in here, our hot pink chairs are in the room, and yes. um, then the rest is all black and white and hot pink. It looks so good. You it's guys fun. did such a great job. Yes. Well, you did it with us. We did it together. It was fun. We, we used did. our yeah. room planning tool. We did. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And We kind of had some hiccups, though. We did. And, well, this is a great lesson because we, we laid it all out. We planned it out. And then when everything arrived, it didn't quite fit. So we had to rearrange. And we mm-hmm. didn't actually didn't realize they were going to hang a video screen in here because it doubles as a conference room when we're not doing podcasts because we don't do them 24-7. <laughs> um, and so one of our walls where we were planning to – anyway, they took it with a video screen. So we had, yeah. to, we had to adapt. And yes. we did. And mm-hmm. it all worked out great. Yes, yeah. it's beautiful in here. It's cute. Yes. We configured some Parsons chairs with hot pink welt mm-hmm. on black and white striped chairs. They're very, mm-hmm. very cute. Yes, yes. yes. I love the little peekaboo hot pink underneath. Mm-hmm. So. And then my cord obsession is We're handled yeah. because, I mean, we've got mic cords that are hiding under tables we and going through rugs and yeah. it's Karen's great. so happy I'm so happy <laughs> like, one me joy. less cords give her yes this is what gives you joy <laughs> no does. cords so sad <laughs> when everything becomes wireless she'll be <laughs> Jack came to me and said don't don't freak out we're in the middle of wiring I'm gonna put all the stuff back that it, yesterday <laughs> it's like he saw us having a meeting in VIP and he's like I know there are wires everywhere but we're working on it and I'm like, it's okay now people are literally like don't let Karen see wires uh-uh. Ever, 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 ever. Um, well, these blue wires for the phones, why do we have blue? Yeah. Don't get blue, get black. We don't need neon blue wires everywhere. Uh, uh. <laughs> How do you feel about the cable wires that are bright yellow? At least they're together. Clunk. That doesn't bother me, oddly. Okay. I don't know why. <laughs> I know that should bother you. Right? It's bright yellow, but <laughs> if there okay. were different colors, that's more annoying to me. Ah, if it had oh, been like, like a blue don't... and a yellow and a red and a black oh, and a white. Yeah, that is annoying. Uniformity. Susan Counselor taught us this. <laughs> Repetition works. Mm. So I think if you have something like that, get it, make them all the same. Yes. Mm. Makes sense. Mm-hmm. And gather them together. Three individual wires are way worse than three together in one big wire clump. Okay. Well, we know now from the wire master, the wire <laughs> three whisperer. Three right there. <laughs> Sorry. Well, yes. I'm glad we now have a room. We have a, and that also means I don't have to set up my stuff all the time. So yeah, that's great. great. I like that. I'm just excited we have like a hosting room. We yes, all we do is true. talk about how to be a better host, and here we are like scrambling between offices. So I'm glad we now have a beautiful space that we can actually entertain our guests. Yes, yes. it's wonderful. Good point, Taryn. Mm-hmm. <laughs> 
Um, is that your trial and triumph? Yeah. Sure. Okay. Well, we had to redo the the layout, so that yeah. would be the trial. Yeah, that's yeah. true. It didn't it didn't quite go how we originally planned, but it's all worked out. Got to be fluid. Yes. Mm-hmm. I can go next. So let's see what is happening on the home front. Well, <laughs> so much. <laughs> one issue that I've been dealing with is we got one of those tuft and needle. Um, mattresses and we got one for our old house and I really liked it so then we in the new house we wanted a king we could finally fit a king bed we couldn't fit one in our old house so we got a king bed got a whole new bed had to get all new bedding of course we had to get a new mattress so we they had a promotion and we um like they had a special to where you could get like their more deluxe version of the tuft and needle mattress like not the one we already had but like the fancier version so of course we got that and I've been back, having back problems all summer, like Mm-mm. weird, weird um, numbness and like tingling up my spine and like my lower back, Mm-mm. and then just stiffness like in my upper shoulders, and just I have been it Girl. has been bad. Are you returning it? Yes. Good. So finally, I have kept meaning to like call them, but we're finally sort of started the process, and it just is. You know, one more. It's it feels as though every time we check something off the list, one more thing crops up. Sure, crops up. Two you know, to, one step back. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. But I mean, it's good and it's nice. It's nice to be able to get a new mattress, and I guess it's good that we're getting the cheaper one. Going back to the cheaper one. Are you but, sleeping in your guest room? No, I haven't been. I've just been sucking it up. <laughs> Meanwhile, it's it's a very strange feeling too. Like it almost feels like ants crawling up my spine. My lower back. It's very odd. It's a nerve. Anyway, it's a nerve issue. I'm really, really praying that it it is in fact the mattress problem and it's not some larger mm-hmm. issue because mm-hmm. that can easily be solved. Whereas yes, <laughs> it's something else yes. and that would not be fun. Anywho, I'll keep you posted. Thanks. Um, <laughs> I know you're <laughs> waiting on pens and needles. <laughs> but um, okay. And then my my good thing is I wanted to tell y'all about these super cute. Okay, I showed y'all when you came over to my house. But I found these really cute match holders on Etsy, and they just really delight me. And love I wanted match. to share. Love a match. You do love a match. Love I a match. Don't. Okay, Karen does something really cute around your house, and that I've noticed what? is you always have really cute, fabulous match boxes. Mm. Next to every candle in your house, you have a like. It's usually like super oversized matches or very tall skinny matches or just a box with like a cute, you know, cheeky saying on mm-hmm, it or mm-hmm. it's just always something kind of cute. And um, I like that idea. I just walk back and forth to my drawer where I keep the lighter. You on the other hand are so smart. It's where you need to light it. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm lazy. So I accommodate <laughs> lazy or some could call it efficient. I think it's efficient. I think that's what they call it. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's, and it's, it's so I cute. You have that, it styled yeah. for sure. Well, I love a little matchbox. And it's, I mean, it, you're right. It is smart because then it's right there. You don't have to wander all around to. And then guests know. also feel true that they can, they can light them and things. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I don't know. I was just poking around on Etsy one day and I saw um, these cute little, they're just probably two inches tall and maybe like a, an inch and a half wide little. It's almost like a teeny, 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 tiny little vase. Mm-hmm. And the match top size. of the match, <laughs> yeah, it's a match size vase. And you just stick the little matches in it. And if you have Strike Anywhere matches, you can strike it on the actual thing itself. 
I just happened to not have strike on matches. So I had to stick the little, they sent me like a little um, strip strip thingy, like what mm-hmm. would be on a matchbox. And I just taped mm-hmm. it to the bottom of the thing. But well, eventually, the other thing that's kind of fun anywhere. to do is if you if you do have something that's not strike anywhere, you can get different colored match tops. You know, yes. so if you want orange or something to go with your room, or so yeah. that yes, and that is my long term plan mm-hmm. is to order some cute pink or white or yellow or the whatever. other fun thing that is not expensive is to order your own personal matches for your house. That is kind of cute. So yeah. I have some left over. I try to throw this disco party every summer called Disco Inferno. <laughs> and Did you do it this summer? I, well, it's not. It's usually in September. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. I try to do it towards the end of the summer when it's cool because I do it outside and put a dance right. floor in the yard and disco ball and all that fun stuff. So um, the first year I did it, I had matches made that said burn, baby, burn. That's cute. Which are awesome. And I still have them left over um, because you get a couple hundred or whatever. So I gave one to each person and had T-shirts made and all this stuff. But um, I love them. I you still use them all over my house, but it's an easy thing to do. Like you can put your last name on it or yeah, well, true. some people name their houses. I don't know. Um, you could or even baby showers or whatever. El Rancho. El Rancho. Which <laughs> we decided Darren's house was named El we Rancho. We named it the last trip we were on. It is the El Rancho. We will refer to her as El Wait, Rancho. Wait, the El Rancho? Uh, Isn't the, the I feel like she's kind I of a female. I think it's just El. It's El Rancho. La, then it's La Rancho. La Rancho. La Rancho. La Rancho. Fine. I liked El Rancho. It's El Rancho, not the I like El Rancho, Rancho too. It might... Okay, continue. Sorry. So if I get matches made, I could have. I think that's awesome. Honestly, I think putting El Rancho matches (laughs) would be the best thing. You should do El Rancho and a little sombrero or something. (laughs) I'm thinking this through. I'm like, what colored tips would be my matches? You could do a little watercolor drawing or something. I think you could do just an A, kind of an irregular A line roof Mm -hmm. over the top and do the letters underneath in a typographical way that makes it look a little bit like a house, but it spells El Rancho. Karen's graphic designer. I am graphic designing it right now in my head. It seems really cool. Right? I'm already in. Let's work on it. Let's do this. Okay. Sounds okay, great. So, that's Anywho, a great tip. My matchstick containers. Yes. I will share a photo. They're actually ceramic <laughs> and handmade. Uh, but you all love cute. how much we get off topic, don't you? <laughs> <laughs> love it. I think that's a hard no. <laughs> <laughs> I'll share a photo in the Etsy shop because they were cute. And they were like $4 each or Perfect. $6 each or something. Cute. Crazy. I want to buy one. So, yeah. Thank you. Yes, I will put a link in the show notes, Taryn. Thank you. you. And now I will you. go on there. Um, I think I'm going to go ahead and start with my triumph. And you both are going to hate this because, again, family photos, vom. But here I am. Vom? Like vom? Well, yeah, like you guys are like, are you 12? <laughs> yes, vom. I'm trying to stay hip and young, guys. Yeah. <laughs> um, Anyway, they I had we had some photos taken this summer and I was just very proud of us because Dave and I already printed them and we have well a done. very skinny hallway in El Rancho that leads to all the bedrooms. Mm-hmm. And um we did one wall with all black frames and like just gallery style. And because we've done smaller frames, it's it's kind of easy to add on versus mm-hmm. like a planned uh, one where sure. I do feel like you have a big kind of focal point. This is down a hallway, so you're never gonna be able to be off of it enough. Right. And you can't stand back. And it's also yeah. uh, not – guests don't go down there in general. Mm-hmm. Yes, if you stay in the guest bedroom. But, like, if you're just coming over for dinner, you're not going to go down this hallway more than likely. So it is very personal. So we did one whole wall with art and photos. Well, the other side, we have nothing on. And so we, again, 
finally printed the last few family photos, and we bought a bunch of black frames, and so we're going to start that side. Cute. Fun. But you know how you're, like, also to that point of how you can kind of add on? It is more of, like, do we start in the middle or yes. do we start on Start the- in the middle. Yeah. Okay, there you go. Start in the middle because then you just grow on either side. Because if you start on mm-hmm. an end, it's it'll look odd, I right. think, to have it a quarter done or a third done. or True. It won't look half done if you start in the middle. Mm-hmm. And you don't want to rush you don't want all your photos to be at the same time. You know right. what I mean? Yeah. From the one mm-hmm. photo shoot. You want like three this year and like four or five next mm-hmm. year and then oh, three yeah. next year. Well, that's you know? where I feel like every year, like once a year, I'm like, all right, what did we do this past year that's valuable enough to kind of go on this wall? Well, right. you like could kind of stand out moments. frame mm-hmm. a piece of his the baby Bernie's art. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, since it's a personal yeah, it's a very, journey wall. Well, you guys kind of inspired me too to take some of the frames off of like that – are on all my t- tabletops everywhere, mm-hmm. and a few of those actually get onto the wall. Great idea, collect so, them together. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And again, it's that whole collecting them. So that was my triumph. I was just proud of us for like getting it done. Getting it done, Go guys. Girl. Good question. Know. Okay, we got a question. I'm trying to remember where it was, and maybe it was in a comment on a blog post or something. And someone was asking. They had noticed in one of our how tos that they measured and like proportioned the painting or the artwork they were putting to the width, the right width for um, the wall that they were, you know, hanging it on. Mm-hmm. But they were asking about the, the vertical, like, size and whether there was really a go-to. And my thought was, well, I spend, I pay less attention to the vertical because you kind of assume art isn't going to go all the way to the bottom. But I'm wondering in a gallery wall how high – and how low you would go. I had someone, interestingly enough, after we did the Instagram tour of the basement, um, DM me and ask me that same exact question. Oh. She said, I, I, can you give me some direction as to how close to the ceiling and how far from the floor this should go? And because I think it varies because in my basement, it's a very low ceiling. So it went close to the ceiling and way closer to the floor than you normally would. And right. also... Um, if it's a hallway or not, I think that differs. So I think in a hallway, you can go lower. Yeah, uh, you're not going to have furniture there. Um, but generally speaking, I told her, uh, I think you want to keep it about 18 inches from the ceiling and about 36 inches from the floor. Seems reasonable. Well, because you you technically it, want uh, your eye level exactly the general eye Especially level if you're to be hanging straight one ahead. piece. You know, if it's just one piece, it needs to be lower than you think. It needs to be at eye Mm -hmm. level. We did this one piece in Elliot's room that is too high still to this day. Like, I can tell that much. Mm -hmm. How big is it, It, like, overall? It's a a 16 by 24, Mm -hmm. something of that sort. So it's not small, but it's not large. It's centered on the wall, but it's ever so slightly too elevated. And I'm... Shorter, but not so short that mm-hmm. I should be looking up at him. Yes. Okay, maybe this is – y'all tell me if you would agree or disagree. I would also say that if it's something that's maybe more graphic and abstract, you could probably get away with hanging it higher because if it's something that has detail, like a photograph or maybe like an oil painting that is – you have to really get in tight to admire the – you know, details of it, if it's something that you can kind of take in from further away, 
You know what I'm saying? Like if you have a photograph and it's hung too high, you literally can't see it. You know what I mean? Because it's like yeah. mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. precise. Yeah. Whereas if it's really like a graphic kind of brush stroke or something that is more like you don't have to get up close to admire it, then it, you can get away with having it hung higher because it's not – you know, does that make sense? What I'm talking, no. what I'm trying to say. I think I think Karen's point's pretty good. I think that you're because the table height is 30 inches, guys. So you're saying 36 is the lowest. So, I mean, this is a guideline. Go, I know. go, oh, yeah, yeah. go with your every people. You know, mm-hmm. look, put, stick it up there and feel yeah. free to move the nail. I would go I pretty can't low on how many times I move a nail. You know, try go err on the side of lower. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm, like I sure. think if you're running out of space, like just put some stuff down low. And maybe gallery you have little walls people that should go admire. lower. I think that's really neat to have things low. And then I also think that it's if you have a small piece of something and you have some low slung chairs or they're sitting low, hang something low next to oh, the yeah. chair. Doesn't have to call. be up at eye height. When you sit in the chair, it's at eye height. And I love that mm-hmm. because it makes that piece so special. It's like a little piece of art only for the person sitting in that mm-hmm. seat. That's cute. Mm-hmm. Okay, I think we should get to our guest. Let's do it. But I liked all those tips. (laughs) Today, we have the trim queen here in our offices, Jana Phipps. She is a designer, influencer, and blogger for embellishments internationally. And you also work for a company that is... um, it specializes in fabricating custom trims for the whole trade industry. For companies it like is. ours. Yes. Right? Called yeah. Classical Elements. Yes, exactly. We, if it has trim on it, it's a good chance it's from us. Like yes. your dress. Did your company make your dress? Uh, no, this is some fashion trim. So I don't wear anything. I, I In 2013, I started my blog. And from that day, I never walked out the door with something that didn't have trim on it. Really? Oh, yeah. shut I my word. The door. I decided that was part of my branding. And so whenever I buy something, so Caroline, <laughs> I know you have this dress too. I do, yeah. but it doesn't look that fabulous. Yeah. That's and for then sure. Like get the I double it out. big bell sleeves. It's super with cute. With a little pom-pom and they pom-pom have, fringe. Yes, two different pom-pom, pom-pom fringes. Yeah, I put fashion trim on this because home deck trim would be a little too heavy for it. What's, it, what's <laughs> the difference? Um, well, fashion trim, like this pom-pom is made out of polyester, and that wouldn't be something that I want on my high, higher-end furniture. So okay. it does have some washability. More fashion trims. Um, it's a little more. Uh, it's smaller in scale, so that's that's one of the differences. Well, what are home trims made out of? Cottons. Uh, Silks, some can be. We work specifically in different kinds of rayon because you can have like a shiny rayon or a matte rayon. The colors are beautiful. It dyes really easily. Um, we work with wool. We work with a little silk. It depends on the nature of the company we're working with and what they want to, you know, at what price level they want to be. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's mostly, most trims in home decor are um, dry cleanable. You know, unless you're doing something on bedding, then that would be very specific to washability. Right. Mm-hmm. And are they, does this price differ by, are they handmade or are they machine made? Usually? Um, both. A lot of, so if you're looking at a tassel fringe, um, so find one in your home <laughs> and uh, you can kind of deconstruct it. So if it's more 
inexpensively made. Um, you can see where the tassel comes together it would be in a little bit of elastic that would fold in on itself. And then if it's handmade, um, you know, they're individually wrapped. So when you're paying price that's higher than you may want to pay for tassel fringe, it's because part of it, the header is machine made, and then the tassel, all the wrapping is handmade. So a lot of trims are both hand and machine. I call it Manus X Machina. It's hand and machine. Wow. Where did this trim obsession come from? <laughs> and where's your tiara? <laughs> oh, yeah, I'm I forgot a little it. disappointed. I love it. Yeah. She's trim a queen. She's a queen, queen. not princess. I love it. Oh. Queens wear tiaras. Queens wear cr- crowns. Crowns. Yeah, it would be a crown, not a tiara, yeah. right? Well, a tiara yeah. just is a, it's a smaller half. size. Mm, I think okay. Queen Elizabeth wears a tiara sometimes. Every once okay. in a while. Yeah. Obviously, yeah. I'm not up on Yeah, so how did you just, like, come up with this, like... Well, so to address that First, um, I have a wonderful, I love my clients, and I've had my clients for 20 years. And whenever I'd go see this client, she'd go, the trim queen's here. And so I'd come in and I'd show my samples. And so she kind of called me the trim queen and it just kind of stuck. So a lot of people don't even know my name is Jana. Like when I go to trade shows, they're like, hey, trim queen, excuse me, you trim queen? Like it's very (laughs) funny that people don't know my name is Jana. They know me as trim queen, but I love it. That's awesome. Yeah. So the obsession kind of started. So I went, I grew up in California and I went to UC Berkeley and my parents thought that studying fashion or decorative arts was a little too frivolous for their tastes. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And um, so I studied uh, communications and social science. And then I... But you knew you wanted to do something a little more creative. I knew I wanted to do something Uh more creative. And at the time, this was 1989 in California, and there wasn't a lot of opportunity at the time. Um, as like to get into a field, a creative field. There was some stuff happening in San Francisco and I really didn't want to move to LA and I had been to New York and I'd studied in Venice and Italy and I really wanted to be in New York. I felt like it was closer to Europe. There's a ton of design going on. I thought there was a lot more opportunities. So I went to New York and um, my girlfriend had kind of kept me abreast. We had like four girls in a one bedroom apartment on the Upper East Side and we each paid $200. Uh-huh. And um, two of the girls were models and everywhere we went, they got in for free. And then me and my friend, we'd be like, you know, $20. <laughs> <laughs> but where are they now? That's what I want to know. Yeah. <laughs> um, so that was, you know, I was able to kind of get to New York. My parents never thought I would do it. And uh, and I thought I'd be there five years, kind of get my feet wet. I had a plan. Um, I eventually went to Parsons and FIT. I took continuing ed classes. My first job was for La Perla lingerie, mm-hmm. Italian. And that was really interesting. And I kind of saw like the dark side of fashion. Like it was really like <laughs> How cool. very... Um, you know, the trait, it can be so glamorous, but then behind the scenes, it can be really like hardcore Mm -hmm. and cutthroat. cutthroat. Mm -hmm. And as a student, I never saw that. So that was my first. And I got out of there when I thought things were, you know, kind of beyond what I could handle ethically. Like for me, maybe somebody else would have been fine, but that was just me. And my dad said, don't quit your job. You cannot quit your job. And I was like, I need to quit. You know, I was really (laughs) scared. Um, But I left. And then I ended up getting a job with Time Warner, which I think, you know, if you're a young person, you know, looking to get into a field, you know, that wasn't creative or design for me, but I got in as a sales assistant and then I worked um, in creative services. Um, And I really 
got to understand corporate communication. I learned Word and PowerPoint and Excel. Like I totally got like my training at Time Warner. So it was like this accidental kind of MBA for me in a way. And then when I kind of outgrew that with lots of classes, then I went to work for an accessory company. Her name is Colette Maloof, and she does hair accessories. And she um, unknowingly sent me to this factory on 39th Street. And I walked in, and there was this little old Italian lady who held my hand and spoke to Italian and me. And the the machines were whirring away. And and I just, like, my knees went weak. I was like, oh, my gosh. Like, I, it wasn't on my radar. It wasn't even in my vocabulary. I didn't know that it existed as a world. And it turns out they needed an assistant to Janetta, who just she learned speak she learned to speak English watching I Love Lucy. So her, you know, this was in the fifties. Oh, She's an amazing designer, but she couldn't translate specification sheets and such. So I became her assistant. And it was just a dream job. Our big clients were Ralph Lauren and Donna Karen at the time. So that's that's how I got into the trim world. So she made oh Italian gosh. trims. Wait, did you say that? Well, she was Italian. She was an immigrant from Italy. And all the women who made the tassels in the garment district at the time were Got it. Italian. Now, since then, they've all retired. They taught all the Spanish girls. And then from there, now it's really difficult to find hand workers in the United States. Mm. Yeah, so it's a different ball game. Um, so is most of it made um, in India? Where would you make most trims these days. Well, um, I just say that because there's a lot of handwork in India. Yeah, so I, it's funny when somebody has a trim, I'm like, oh, that's from India, that's from China, that's from Turkey, that's from like I can really identify because I know a lot of the um, mills. So India has a specialty of like really em- embellish, like embroidery, anything with sequins mm-hmm. or beads is usually India. Um, everybody has their specialty. If you're doing ribbons, like the um, Swiss ribbon was kind of the most popular so they saturated the market now china has a lot of those machines um the handwork can be done in india in china um because they have the labor force and we don't even have the labor force that even wants to do it anymore mm-hmm. um us has you know great fringing machines and we do uh, some more knitted tapes and we do a lot of braiding so we still have those machines so it's it's really a mix of um it's a global it's a global marketplace. Like we go, when we have a project, I know what country to go to that's going to be able to execute that particular design. Yeah. And everybody's really good at what they do. It's very specialized. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh. Like, I don't know. I feel like this is something where, I mean, I know trims exist. I've seen tassels and fringes and pom-poms yeah. and tape trims, but like it is. You still think about it ever? Well, I just, it's, that's really it interesting. Is. It's I like a know. little niche thing that yes. it's, it's there, but you don't notice it until then you get it, and then it's everywhere, and you notice it everywhere. Like yeah. when you buy a Hyundai or something, and then everyone has a Hyundai. Yeah, <laughs> it's totally the same. You'll you're gonna write me next week and be like, oh my gosh, trims are everywhere, and and it's how it works. When I do my seminars or education, people are like, oh my gosh, I had no idea. I feel like trim really makes something you feel custom to and it does like specifically in like interior design you can tell like it feels just so much yummier when they've added trim Mm -hmm. well that's when you get into the layering and layering is really a designer technique so um i had an amazing meeting with your design team and we really talked about how trims can bridge different fabrics in a room you know um Mm -hmm. and so people designers use it as a bridge they use it as texture um 
our motto at Trim Queen is that embellishment is a creative form of self-expression. So, mm-hmm. you know, you all chose different tassels that <laughs> I'm going to give to you. And mm-hmm. they're really yes, indicative for one reason or another to your personality. So even if you have something existing, um, you can trim it out and really make it your own with the trimming that you put on it. It's, it's really self-expression. It's a really... Um, designer way, but it can also be a DIY way too. But it's it is the extra and it brings it to the next level. Yeah. Explain that bridge thing a little. Do you mind? Like- yeah, sure. So say you have what comes to mind um is say you have um a headboard that's blush. Okay. And then you have draperies that are linen. And then if you put on the leading edge of that drapery a trim that has blush, maybe like a chambray color, and then you have chambray pillows on your bedding, it really starts to tell a story Mm -hmm. with the layering. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. it's able to bridge a palette within a room, unless you're doing just a gray and beige room, but most people don't. You have a pop of color, you have Mm -hmm. uh, gradations or ombre colors, so trim can help you achieve that. And you kind of fall in love with color all over again. And you can fall in love with the trim first, too, and then figure out the how to. Yeah. How to yeah. incorporate it. Mm-hmm. I feel like trim is not something that I would necessarily think to use. But once it's on something and you see it, like, it applied, I think it's it's just like it transforms it. And I feel like if you were to see it with and without like right. there's no question. It's, it once you see it, yeah, yeah. uh huh, finishing touch. Like I can't imagine it without that. It wouldn't be right. Well, so like for example, I'm looking at the chairs here. If we put like a two inch wide um, linen grosgrain ribbon down the center it would just automatically make these chairs more contemporary, mm. right? <laughs> so it's it's all those finishing touches. You can really transform. Yeah. I call that trim alchemy, turning something ordinary to extraordinary. Yeah. You have a whole dictionary. I do. I like it. <laughs> tasselicious, tasselicious. You guys are very tasselicious. We are so yeah, tasselicious. So I yeah. just wanted to explain, we, you brought all sorts of beautiful tassels with you, and we each got to choose some to de- decorate our mics with. We, we kind of like grabbed them like greedy yeah. little kids. <laughs> Design I mean, team only got one, so <laughs> we won't tell we them. We three. will not tell them. Um, no, you have three, Karen. I have three. The chairs. Of I feel like two. most of our it's wardrobes, true. though, are all <laughs> embellished. Like I feel like that's what I gravitate to. Mm. It, again, it's like a trim on a dress or a little extra. Mm-hmm. Whatever that little extra is, it always seems to be like oh, makes I it special. Mm-hmm. And trimmings are considered the jewelry of the textile world, so it is the extra, the jewelry. Mm-hmm. Um, my other. What I love that my other hashtag I love is fringe friends. So if we're friends on Instagram, we're fringe friends. And what's my <laughs> other one? Uh, fringe tastic. You know, there are a couple. We have a lot of fun <laughs> with them. I like it. Love it. Yeah, it's love a really it. fun way to engage with my community. You know, mm-hmm. they'll send me things, DM me pictures, and um, or I'll look at the hashtag and see what people are doing. There is um, Tasselicious does, you're going to have to, or Tassel Tuesday. Look that up and get back to me on that. There's a little burlesque ladies like (laughs) Tassel Tuesday. That's a very fun hashtag to to share. Your eyes just got as big as a plate. We have to do that. Well, we we launch our podcast on Tuesday. So this Tuesday will have to be Tassel Tuesday. Okay. Or Trim Tuesday. Look at both feeds. Okay. You got to look at the feed. You might get a little surprise. Yeah. Yeah. Do you find that? I have two questions, but I'll start with this one. Do you find that um, trims? 
ebb and flow as far as being in and out of style. Oh, absolutely. Because uh, yes. I, I have, do you guys remember like sofas had the big bullion fringe at the bottom yeah. instead of a skirt? Right. I feel like that is even coming back. That went away for a long time. Yeah, I called that like ungapach. It's like the kitchen sink, like there were all these fabrics mm-hmm. and it was all textured and it was like olive and Bordeaux and gold. And now mm-hmm. we look at that and it looks so over the top. Right. I had a client of mine that used to buy boatloads of that. And he said, Jana, if it smells, it sails. And he <laughs> sold in Texas. He said, the more stuff that I can throw on a piece of furniture, it's going to sell. That is hysterical. And I, and I was like, I can't design that. Like, I, that's, right. I'm just I like, have to have some taste. Like, I have some <laughs> you boundaries. You have to draw lines somewhere. I've trimmed boundaries. <laughs> you, have tr- you, you have trimmed out your boundaries. Right yes. Oh, my gosh. So, um, but now what we're seeing is, like, for example, your collection with Miles Red. He loves trim. Mm-hmm. I love to see what he does with it. And I saw that he either has a chair or a banquette, and he has um, bullion fringe, yes. right? Mm-hmm. But it's so tasteful and so beautiful. And it gradates from the fabric, and the bullion is the same color. So it looks very graphic, very contemporary, and that's how people are using trim now. They're not doing all this crazy contrast um, multicolor. Yeah. They're doing, um, they're, well, after the recession, you know, people kind of stepped away and were keeping things really basic. And then on the manufacturing side, they would introduce maybe a tape or a something small to make it stand out. And it was easier to introduce that than a very expensive fabric print. Mm-hmm. So they mm-hmm. kind of tiptoed into that. And then this is, I call it the rise of the tape. Um, and then after that, it's we started to get into more embellishment. It came in fashion. And then now, kind of anything goes. You have maximalism, right? Like Lisa Mendy's fabulous rooms mm-hmm. um, and her show houses are very maximal in color and pattern. They're wonderful. And then you have um, Miles Red, who will do, he can also do that, but his the product he does for you is more subtle and tasteful and it has a flow. Yeah. So anything goes, I feel, right now. Right. Yeah. Where does a normal person like me <laughs> um, find trim? Where, where do I shop for it? Do I have to get it through a designer? Well, there's, there's, um, there are different ways. So if you're working with a designer, then you can get it through um, distributors. Uh-huh. Uh, and that would be someone like a Scalamandre or a Krabbit or a Schumacher. Those are all really a Pindler. Pindler has fabulous trims. Um, so you could get it through them. Um, you also can shop online. Um, Calico Corners is a really nice selection of trimmings, and that's retail, mm-hmm. so you don't need a designer for that. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're selling them just as a trim, not on an item? They can do both. Oh, okay. Yeah, cool. they'll either custom it um, and for fabrication, for window treatment, for example, or you can buy it by the yard. Um, I know in Atlanta, I think you have Forsyth and mm-hmm. you have Lewis mm-hmm. and Sharon, right? Those are like, yep. they're both fabulous places to shop for trim. And then, you know, in New York, you have Mood. Mood is like the big, but they do a lot of second runs and overruns and they do some first products. So they have a really wonderful M&J. Um, I sell tassels on my website, so I do a little. I do a little bit of retail on my website. Um, so yeah, and then you know, I think even going into Joann's or even Walmart, you know, there you have to know what's good. Uh-huh. You know, you don't want to buy something you there's a perceived value. So mm-hmm. if you have a project, you start with your fabric, and then you can kind of work backwards from there. Yeah. How, but how do we know what's good? Just eye it, make sure it's you not could feel it. Ugly. You know, you could feel it. Um, you look at color, you look at construction. If it's if the yarn's already starting to kind of fall apart, you know, don't get it. Mm-hmm. Um, 
you'll you'll know. Okay. You'll know. Okay. It's like shopping fabric. It's really mm-hmm. no right. No different. Touch it. Yeah. Yeah. And then some things, you know, if it's a handbag or something and it's kind of trendy, maybe you don't want it to live for 10 years. You know? Oh, I hadn't thought yeah. about putting it on a handbag. Yeah. <laughs> Why are we doing this? I've been adding tassels to my handbag. I've got to free up my whole afternoon and get yeah. a glue gun. <laughs> that is the best friend. Yes. Yeah, I do a lot of glue gunning. Yes. Yes. Oh and gosh. you can even put on, like, if I do, it's very difficult to machine sew, like, say, tassels or, like, a racing stripe down the side of jeans. So sometimes what I'll do is I'll use fabric glue first, and then I'll hand kind of tack it. Oh, did the edge? Yeah, because you don't want to hot glue it because it's going to go through the wash. It's just going to fall apart. Ah, so mm-hmm. um, I have seen a ton of jeans these days with that little yeah, right? on the side. I love that I look. I love it. Mm-hmm. It's almost like a tuxedo, yes. but denim. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, it's cool. Yeah, and it can go high low. Yeah, you know? exactly. Yeah, it's cool. Um, it's, I feel like sometimes when you're going to apply a trim, it can feel expensive because it's. You know, you buy by the yard and it's decorative. I don't know. To me, sometimes it's like, do I really want to spend that extra money? But where, like, what sort of applications are you going to get the most, I guess, sort of bang for your buck? Like the most look while the least yardage. True. I think um, the tape trims, like the border trims, are really, really effective. Like I said, um, you can put that at the base of a sofa. You know, it automatically zhuzhes and gives you pattern where there wasn't pattern before. Um, so I think those are very effective. Um, and I think, you know, anything like, I mean, you guys, these tassels look so good on these, but you can put it on my, like you can put a tassel on, um, on the key of any kind of hutch. You can put it on the knob of your lamp. You can put it on a cabinet. Like there are a million ways to use Mm -hmm. tassels and it just automatically adds a little fresh, you know, personality. So I think that's a super easy way. Yeah. And um, once you get into, and even the leading edge of draperies, that doesn't take that much. Yeah, that's true. It'll be like three yards. It really transforms your your panels and, again, gives you a layer. So your your space is going to look decorative. And it's totally doable for someone who can't sew. Uh We actually have a um, tutorial on our blog, which I will link to you, um, using that iron-on Yes, stuff. Stitch right. witchery. Yep. Stitch witchery. There you go. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's a kind that's iron heat sensitive, and then there's a kind that's press sensitive. Oh, so oh, all those right. are sold in, um, you know. And then I would just make sure you tack the ends, so it'll give some permanence to it. And there's yeah. even um, umbrella trims, right? Mm-hmm. Absolutely, you can have performance that, trims. Is that a competitor of yours? Sorry, I'm talking. No, about we a love. You know what? We are everybody <laughs> in trim. We're all, all friends. Right. All right, like good. we love each Trim other. Friends. Yes, we are. <laughs> Because we, um, you know, we like to educate our people. So if sometimes if I can't supply somebody and somebody else can, I will share that contact because I want my client comes number one to me um, and I want them to have a successful project. So, yeah, so Sumbrella can do um, performance. It's um, UV and it's mildew resistance. Now, not you don't always need light fastness. Sometimes it's mm. you're going like we're seeing a lot of um performance fabrics and trims coming indoors right so you sometimes mm-hmm. you don't need all the difference so that's you really have to study a chart and see what fibers do what but yeah. i love that try i mean who doesn't want a white sofa that your kids can spill a burrito on mm-hmm. i mean it's yeah. like just great yeah you, you have to and it's amazing it. to get an outdoor pillow that has that extra fun yes detail mm-hmm. 
yes, you know, yeah. a little fringe or a cord or something like that. And you'll start to see, like outdoor, you'll see a lot of um, contrast welt. So you'll see contrast rope mm. welt. Yes. It looks a little more nautical, and you'll see some short fringes. So you'll start to notice it once you get your trim goggles on. Your um, <laughs> trim goggles. There's so many <laughs> good, good phrases in this. I love it. A glossary of terms in the show notes. Oh. So what um, Ballard product might we see with said oh, trims yeah. coming? Is it a wow. well, I don't know. You're the designer, but well, she just yeah, but met she with just the met with the team. <laughs> I wasn't yes. in that meeting. Yes. <laughs> well, I will say that it looks like you know. I think the team is interested on adding to leading edge a drapery for mm-hmm. sure. Mm-hmm. Um, like well, I thick or thin? What? Uh, I think both. <laughs> you know, because there's. I think they want to kind of build up some proprietary. You know, um, a private label program that we would do just for you. And um, I think tassels will be in the mix. A little bird told me. And, you know, and that's just such an easy sell. It's, you know, it's something that's not terribly expensive and it just automatically elevates something. So we'll, we'll walk before we can run. And then, you know, as with, as you know, with business, we look at analytics and color and all that and we figure it out. And then I can kind of work into your uh, top SKUs for color. And, and that's when a project is super fun. Yeah. Oh gosh, I just I just Are you looking shopping to yeah, personal <laughs> personal. Time oh, there. of course, we're that's always shopping for ourselves first. I mean, I shouldn't tell you that since you're my boss, but <laughs> me, yeah, I do the same thing. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> okay, so, I do know my audience. Mm-hmm. So now that tassels are in, 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 mm-hmm. what do you think is next of the trim world? Mm, yeah. Well, I think that it's going to be more is more and less is a bore, mm. as Iris. Apple would say. <laughs> so, well, this is a bore. I love that. Yeah. And I think, you know, instead of putting one color of your fuchsia tassel on your fabric and on the edge, you may mix up, put two on one, like Gucci's doing mm-hmm. that. They're putting like two tassels on one corner. It may be asymmetrical. I'm seeing a lot yeah. more asymmetry coming. Like mm-hmm. everything isn't so matched and um, tidy. Yeah, it's not so tidy. It's a li- and not that it's bohemian, but it's it's asymmetrical, and I mm-hmm. think that is so creative. And I love seeing. You know, it's like when people wear two different earrings. Yeah. You know, and and you see it in you know people putting patches. They don't match their patches on their jean jackets, right? So there's lots of ways to express and because. You know, even though trim is an extra cost, you know, it's not a huge investment. You know, it's not like a $300 fabric that you're committing to. And so people like it's more playful, Mm -hmm. I think. So people are going to now they're starting to do it again. And and then I think it's going to blow out. And I see that Gucci is really leading the well. Libertine is another brand that is really doing amazing embellishment. And then you have... um, Oh, Sheila Hicks just collaborated with Stella McCartney, you know, and she's a fiber artist. So you have like these um, collaborations that are happening. Mm -hmm. And I think that's really the beautiful part of business when you kind of go, well, when I'm in the Italian factory, so I'll have an idea and the and the owner will say, oh, no, no, non possiamo fare. We can't do that. And then I'll say, "Um, okay, but I'll leave him the design and I'll leave him the fibers. And then the next day, like this beautiful trim will be at my desk and I'll be like, c'est fantastico, come hai fatto così? Like I make him this rock star. But, and then in the end, he feels good because I elevated his work and he elevated my work mm-hmm. and that's when kind of the magic happens. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh. So how, how often are you in Italy? Like, 
So I'm in Italy usually about twice a year. So my next trip, I was there in January, and I'm actually doing a Trim Queen Maker Tourism trip of Venice in November. What is that? Oh my goodness. It's like my passion project come true. It's really, (laughs) I'm really excited about it. So um, this is um, a, a group of eight people, and we sold it out in 24 hours. I can't even believe it. I was shocked. And we are going to have docent tours of museums and education in the morning. And then in the afternoon, we are going to work with artisans that work in Venice. So we'll work with um, my friend Marisa Convento, who does glass beading. We'll work with um, Johnny Basso, who does custom stationery. We're going to work with Plume Plume, who does printmaking. So we have, you know, all these. We'll do a little um, education with wine and cicchetti, which are the food, the appetizing, you know, appetizer portion of food. I don't even eat dinner when I'm in Venice. Like I just have hors d'oeuvres and spritz and it's just you kind of bar hop a little bit. It's really fun. And we have a fabulous palazzo that we're staying in. And we're going to an ore. He's called an um, forcolayo. And it's like an ore sculptor, like an ore lock. So for the gondolas, you have an ore lock. And he sculpts a piece out of one piece of wood where the gondoliere are able to row from. So that's like an art form. We'll go to Murano Burano and do some lace and do some glass making, and then the piece de resistance, I think, is that we're going to a woman who has like the top atelier for Carnivale, and she's going to do our fittings and do wigs and makeup, and we're going to do a photo shoot. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) When's your next one? I know. awesome. And my daughter teases me. She said, Mom, like, I am just going to like send that picture to all my friends like that is like your dream to be in this yes. photo shoot in san marco and it's i'm like, like the cool glamour shot yeah <laughs> like who wouldn't want that like you gotta end on this like amazing shot where we're and then they have like two um you know flute playing guys that are going to be like following <laughs> us and awesome. you know i mean really it's so i think that it's a huge trend to these experiential travel experiences. Mm -hmm. And I'm not interested in really doing them all over the world. Mm -hmm. Venice is kind of my beat. The New York Garment District is my beat. I do tours there for groups um, where I take them kind of in. Why haven't I been? What? We got to set that up. We got to set that up. Yes. Sorry, continue. So you take them through all like. (laughs) Well, you know, New York is, it's, you know, it's not what you see. So the really cool stuff in the garment district is on like the eighth floor, on the 12th floor, on the 25th floor, maybe in Queens. Like we're going to go to a factory in Queens when we go. So there's, there's, it's, it's behind, it's really behind the scenes. And so people just love that. And it can be like, I'm even a little intimidated in Atlanta. Like, I don't know Atlanta, you know, and the parking has me like confused. And (laughs) so, I mean, like, it would be really nice you know, to have a docent for that. Yeah. So I'm, it's something that I'm passionate about. And I like to people, I like to teach them about the city and bring them, you know, to understand it and appreciate it. Because New York can be very intimidating, Mm -hmm. I think. So, um, and even to find a restaurant like you don't know, and it's can be intimidating. They have Applebee's. (laughs) <laughs> we will not be going there. Sorry. <laughs> we are going to have some matzo ball soup, however. <laughs> Ooh, awesome. Oh, yeah. Now, how often do you do the New York tours? 
So I do those um, groups. Um, I take groups of around 10 people. And usually it's like um, either an association or friends. And then they contact me. And then I just put a day, day together for them, depending on their interests. And this your, is this your first Venice one? This is my first Venice. Now, I've been to Venice. Many times. I live there, and I've been there many times. And in January, I did my reconnaissance and really met with the hotelier and really met with all the artisans because um, I kind of stumbled upon it. I, I, I took my daughter there a couple years ago, and we did mask making. We did mask painting. I found a woman who does fabric and trim masks, and I posted all these pictures, and people just responded, bring me, bring me, bring me. And I thought, yeah, I should. Like, I should bring people because it's a really important to know tradition and artisanship. And then even like with the trims, as you start to look at trims and you'll see what's handmade and what's machine made and yeah. you start to understand it better and you have a have a better, higher appreciation for it. Yeah. So that's kind of how I feel about the Venice trip too. And that is you, so cool. Yeah. Do you feel like you'll do it annually? Yeah, I, th- I, mean, I have I'm a just, feeling. It's personal yeah. shopping again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I've um, already have people on my website kind of signing up for information on the next one. I want to get this one under my belt. Sure. And um, I do have uh, a docent there that I'm working closely with um, because I, you know, some of these, it's Venice is kind of like New York in that the spaces are very small. You know, Venice is a very tight city. Like they you have a do limited not, amount of space. space. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. all the buildings are chopped up. Like it's like New York. It's at a premium. So a lot of these ateliers can only hold four people at a time. So I have um, uh, Romana who's going to help me and she'll take four people one place and I'll take four to another atelier and then we'll switch. So I can't do it all on my own. Yeah. Um, but I wanted to keep it small in order to just make everybody have a maximal experience. That's really oh, nice. cool. That is, I'm yeah. so jealous. I, I want to go. Too. Well, stay tuned. Come. I love to have yeah. you all. Yes. For a maximized <laughs> So how would designing, okay, I know you design trim. Mm-hmm. How does that differ from designing a fabric? Like how would you approach it differently because it's such a small piece and you're not really sure how anyone's going to use it? Well, I have a good idea generally. So there are certain things over and over we know that are best sellers in size. Um, and a cord generally is going to be used on a pillow or on a sofa. You know, it's going to be used on upholstery. But um, one of the first trims I ever designed, I called it my Byzantium trim. And it was like a matte gold trim uh, with um faded colors woven in and it was used on lampshades it was used on accessories so I like have to take the way I look at it is that I have to take a like a little world or a concept and I have to I have to um, design that into something that could be a half an inch big yeah so as fabric you have a much um, you know you have a repeat that you have much larger repeat where you can interpret interpret either the color scheme or the design or what have you but for me, I have to do it in a very small space. And some yeah. things are, you know, no-brainers and it may just be color. But once you get into the tapes and the woven tapes and the jacquard tapes, those are really telling a little story because you can look at something and say, oh, that's boho. I love that. Or that's really refined. Or that has metallic in it and it reminds me of Venice or, you know, whatever it is. So I'm trying to kind of incite something in you that you will relate it may not be what yeah. I was relating to, but you can relate it to something in your life. It may be like, those colors are so beautiful. It reminds me of the seaside, you know, so whatever it is. So that's kind of a really fun challenge. Are there 
too many trims in a room sometimes? What's our limit? How many can I put in there without oh, gosh. looking really <laughs> Vegas? I think you're asking the wrong person. Well, she said She's she had wanna... to pump the brakes at one point. That's so true. You, you, did say you, liked, you had boundaries. You did have boundaries. <laughs> Um, you know what? It all depends how you use it. Uh-huh. Like I saw some some designers, um, they would take velvet ribbon and they would put 15 colors and they would zigzag it all together and make it into a fabric and that would become a pillow. That's cool. So, you know, that's a lot of trim, but it it looks like a fabric and the colors mm-hmm. are beautifully ombre. So it kind of, I can't answer that question. Mm-hmm. Like, <laughs> you know, I mean, I think what you want to do is you want to keep it within a specific style. Like you don't want like some Baroque you know, tassel tie back next to something that's subtle and linen and bohemian. So I think you have to kind of stick to maybe a theme, but mm-hmm. then it's just a matter of how you um, detail it. Because sometimes if you even have like a small twisted linen cord on dining chairs, it doesn't scream. It's very subtle. Right. You know, it's a designer detail, but. Um, you almost wouldn't even notice until you're close. Yeah. yeah. And, so you, and you wouldn't. In the room, it's just kind of. It's the palette. In. Yeah. Right. Add some texture. Texture. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. texture. <laughs> Do you love texture? We love some texture. Okay. What is the craziest thing you have put trim on to date? Your baby's diaper. <laughs> <laughs> Come on. Karen, that was A little quick. pom-pom. The- oh, my gosh. Caroline's wheels are turning now. It's like, can I, I have glue some pom-poms on I, my kid? I wouldn't, put a, I wouldn't put trim on her diaper. She diaper cover. Too fast. A diaper yes. cover. Diaper cover. Yep, there, yeah. yeah, that's true. That would be cute. I would say the coolest or craziest or cool, I don't know if it's crazy or cool, um, would be I created a peacock out of trimmings. Um, that I was, saw this on your blog, I think. You might have seen it. The one yeah. with the wreath? That was, yes. That, mm-hmm. Well, that's part of it. It was I just did like an immersive art installation for the Garrison Art Center, and I had also used it in um, Tex World, which is um, a fabric show in New York City. And um, I worked with a friend of mine who's an artist and we built a life-size peacock and used pom-poms and flower petals. And we created like a really beautiful peacock, so much so that people want to buy it and I won't sell it because it's so beautiful. And now I put him on my Christmas card. We call him Tex. (laughs) And um, we can't, now he's like a mascot of our, uh, of our studio. Where does he live? Uh, he lives in the studio. Oh, okay. Yeah. He lives on the Chase Lounge. No, he's got the life. something here like that. That would be fun. I know. Kind of a contest, like dump a bunch of stuff in the middle of the room and build something. <gasps> oh, so I, I do some workshops like that. <laughs> and the beauty of that, and I'm going to, you know, Venice, I'm sure will be like that, is that as an educator, you know, I, I would do um, workshops at the Country Living Fair. Did mm-hmm. you ever go to any yes. of those? Okay. Used to be at Stone Mountain, right? Yes. Yeah, yeah. Yes, it's every year. So uh, I would do a show. It was kind of like a cooking show. And I would bring all kinds of trim, like just a ton of stuff. And I would put it on the table. And then I would have um, a bracelet, like a cuff. I would do a pillow. I would have pre-made just a fabric velvet pillow. I would have um, like a lampshade. And then I would have a pocketbook, you know, that was like vintage. So these were all stuff all things that you would upcycle. So then I would kind of like cruise the crowd, like, you know, before the show and kind of talk to people, see if they'd want to come up because I didn't want to dud, you know, I kind of had to call it, but but they were people I didn't know, but I could tell the way they were dressed or, you know, just how they were personally. So um, I would have four people come up and they would each take a project and they would make something and they would embellish it with trimming. And again, I call that trim alchemy. And (laughs) 
And then I would kind of maybe give them some tips or a little bit of direction, but they were making amazing things. And the things that I loved about it, was, it wasn't my point of view. Right. It was their point of view mm-hmm. and they made something that they loved and it was indicative. Like, And then they would tell story about it. You know, like, I love this because the shells remind me of Beaufort, South Carolina, where we go every Thanksgiving or, you know, whatever it is. And it was so moving. Yeah. And then it kind of expanded my vocabulary. Right. And so when people say like, Jana, why don't you do pillows? Why don't you do this? Why don't you do that? I said, I really like giving people the tools. I want to spark their creativity. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's why I love working with designers, why I love working with manufacturers like you all. You know, I love that because you're interpreting it for yourself, for your brand. And that's where I get the real joy in what I do. Yeah. So you're like the gardener making the vegetables for the farm to table experience. Yes, you're totally. Oh my God. I love that. Yes. Ingredients. Yeah, it's true. Mm-hmm. I supply the ingredients. That's, That's absolutely very and I, cool. I like that space. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. And there really are no rules. You know, I mean, there's some fabrication rules, you know, how you join twisted cords at the end. There's some little fabric, but as far as like design rules, there really aren't many. No, I'm sitting here in my, in my mind kind of reviewing my living room and dining room going, okay, that lampshade, yeah, that could take some trim. Like, what else can I stick some trim on? Maybe these new cubes I have arriving this week. Maybe I can stick some trim on there and make them feel a little yeah. extra special. Yeah. I'm inspired. Oh, I'm so glad. <laughs> I'll hook you up. Okay. <laughs> I haven't thought about that. Hooked up. I was going to Google it. it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, if I bought some, like, tape trim dad to my sofa, to the skirt, mm-hmm. is that, like, you can use that stitch... Stitch witchery? Yeah, you could use stitch witchery or you could use the press. Okay. You know, the press because mm-hmm. you're adding it all already to an existing piece. So mm-hmm. you kind of have to play with it and test and see okay. which because it might be hard to iron if you can't flip up the skirt. Right. Yeah. You know, so you kind of got to play and with that. And what the fabric is. Like if it's velvet, you probably don't want to iron on velvet. It might mess your uh, Yeah, you up. would want to test it, like test yeah. it in the back. Mm-hmm. And then there are different ways. Like I have some great Pinterest boards to show how people apply yes. trim because there are a million, you could bring it all the way to the bottom. I personally would move it up a little bit. So it maybe would have an inch um, of border mm-hmm. and then it would be the tape. Yeah. Um, if it's a smaller trim, some it looks beautiful if you double it, you know, with a little bit of breathing space. Mm. So there's lots of ideas, but it's really easy, easy to do. Are there any rules of what not to do? You know what I mean? Like drapery needs to hang this far from the floor or whatever. Do you have any rules? Hmm. Good question. Um, Not really. Yeah, just sort of eyeball it. What about where it starts and ends? Yeah, so. Not see the end, right? Yeah, you want it. You definitely, that's a great point. You want to hide where it starts and ends. So whether like on a a skirt, for example, Mm -hmm. there's usually a pleat. Mm-hmm. in the back corner. So you would start it under the pleat and then you would end it under the pleat. Mm-hmm. Like um, just how you would join how any, did. yeah. Like whether you would do a rickrack or whatever, you want to hide the ends. You want to join mm-hmm. the ends. And then you want, sometimes I'll use Sobo glue to um, make sure that it doesn't fray or I'll tie it. I'll tie it in like a tight knot and then cut it. So that is a trick. That's a good idea. So when you have trim that's going to fray, I almost always tape it and then cut in the middle of the tape. So while I'm working with it, it's not fraying. Oh, I see. Got it. You want to do that. And then you can hide that. You could take the tape off or you could tie it or you could leave the tape on depending on yeah. You know, how you feel about it, where it is. Um, But And you just want to hide the seam in the back so it's not front and center. 
you know, when you're looking at something. This is great. I yes. just went onto our Pinterest board. I just started <laughs> That's following That's a great you. idea. Wait. I was like, well, I have to it's before fun. I forget. It's, it's fun. The other thing to use trim is to wrap things. So like mm-hmm. when I did the um, country living fair, one uh, person took the trim and wrapped the whole shade like oh, with the tape uh. and it looked amazing. So beautiful, you know, and then when she got it home and on the lamp, like the light was coming through, it was really, really nice. Cool. So there's, you know, it's yeah. really. Is, the sky's the limit. Yeah, sky is the limit. <laughs> Up to your imagination. Oh my gosh. You got to play with it. It's something yeah. that you got to play with, mm-hmm. you know, and sometimes, so like when I was in Venice with my daughter, I was the only adult in this mask making um, and the kids were like, zoom, like just started like painting. And I was like, oh my gosh, I've got to do it. It has to look really good. What am I going to use? I had all this inner conversation, you know, and you saw the kids just play, mm-hmm. you yeah. know, like they didn't care. They just played. So I really like to um, show people how to do that. You know, you just play with it. And then the materials kind of, sometimes they just, you'll be in a space, like with my wreath making, um, I do workshops at Christmas, um, at the holidays where the material will speak to you. And at some point you're just like, I am the vessel, <laughs> you know, but it really happens like that. Like it starts, the materials speak to you and then you, it's, but you can only do that by not judging yourself. Yeah. So I think that's important and it's a good exercise for adults. Well, the great thing is with a trim, you can pin it on and look at it as you know, there's no, absolutely. Yeah. You know, and then say, oh, that works. Or it and doesn't, or move it can, over. You can use it in so many ways that if you decide that you don't like it the way you thought you would like it, you can use it some other Way. Agree. You know what I mean? Great on a shower curtain. I don't know why yeah. that just popped into my head. I'm just thinking That's about places cute. that you don't usually adorn but need a little extra love. Oh yeah, you know, I and love it's hard it. to find a pretty shower curtain. Or it's hard to find things that are embellished that aren't a billion dollars. You know, lovely right. lampshades can be very, very, very expensive. Yeah. And so making them special like that is very doable. Yeah. I have a lampshade that. Well, I'm. It's a lamp that I bought at a consignment store, and I, I didn't do anything to the shade, but the shade came with a ribbon around it and the ribbon has sort of it was clearly super glued on but um it started i mean this was like 10 years ago too that i bought it so it started to kind of like sag a little bit Mm -hmm. and i can't envision this lampshade without the darn ribbon like it just makes it yeah it Mm -hmm. makes it and it was such a small little thing and they clearly just to glue it back on yeah, I just sort of like stick it yeah. back up there. Yeah, and at some point you can just glue something over it. Yeah. Like that would be a, a an example of where you could hot glue it very easily because it's it's not going to go in the wash. Right. You know, that's something you never that you touch could, it really. Yeah, you don't touch it. But you start, you know, keep a lookout for something that you like and and then, you know, it's probably only a yard. You know, it's not a big commitment. Well, and it's also this actual, this particular one, it's sort of a woven shade and and the trim the ribbon is really just a tone on tone mm. like a it's a just like a white ribbon with a beige stripe down the middle nice. so it's really very subtle you barely even notice it but it really does make the whole it thing makes you it love just, it you appreciate it it makes you happy when you look I at it i didn't even think of it as being trim until we were talking about the lamp. i know because yeah. you don't really think about ribbon as a trim Mm-mm. you know yeah, but it really yeah. is and it is and um 
I went to a designer show house recently and I was introduced to this big time designer. Um, I won't say who he is and I love him. But he said to me, he goes, oh, trim, I hate trim. And I kind of laughed and then I went into his room and he had trim on his pillows, on his leading edge. <laughs> and then I went, I said, I caught you. Because yeah. he thinks of trim as very frou-frou, as very fluffy, but he was using, you know, two inch jacquard tapes or ribbons. And it's really like a, I said, I'm going to tell you, like you're, I'm going to call that narrow textile for you. Because trim, he thinks of it as fluffy and he's not a frou-frou guy right. designer. So um, sometimes, you know, a narrow textile will will kind of avert that trim bias. Well, ha, ha, ha. Um, <laughs> because if they're very tailored, it can make it a yes. very tailored look, almost mm-hmm. um, like like you said, like a tuxedo or feels, mm-hmm. could feel very masculine to put, you know, like a navy or black yeah. tape on something that's white or, you know. And Suzanne yeah. Kassler does that a lot too. Her design is really beautiful. She oh. she likes to use trim in her projects in a very tailored way. Right. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Okay, yeah. I want to do something real quick. Okay. I'm going to call out a type of trim, and I want you to tell me what you would put it on. This is okay. you're just going to okay. don't think about it. Quick association. Yeah. Okay. Beaded trim. Jeans. Twisted yeah. cords. Pillows. Hmm. Bullion fringe. Sofa skirt. Pom pom. Oh gosh, dresses. Tassels. Handbags. <laughs> Tape trim. Uh, on everything, pillows <laughs> yes. mostly, yes. everything. Um, embroidery or like oh, embroidered trim, I guess. Wonderful. I would put that on more permanent, like not pillows, but I would put it on the base of upholstery. I think right. that'd be beautiful. Mm-hmm. Um, tape trim. Wait, did, you did that? wait, and also Great key I, trim. Wait, I want to change. And I also would put that on a leading <laughs> edge because with the light, then the light would hit it. Ooh. And on Roman shades, I'm seeing in all the show houses, like people are putting a little something at the edge of a Roman shade, and the light is hitting. That's really beautiful. Oh, that is so a beta trim. Mm. Ribbon. Ribbon. Oh my gosh, I use it for everything. I use ribbon even to layer trim. So if the bullion fringe has a, mm. um, a header that's not very fancy, then I'll put a ribbon on top of that. I oh, I, I layer that smart. a lot. Or and what about even behind it? Well, like as a um, what you can do behind, you can put it behind nail nail heads. So in upholstery, oh, like it's called favorite. a gimp. Actually, it can be used as a gimp. Where in upholstery, you outline the wood frame, and this is. Um, from the French 16th century passementiers, and that's what they called um, comfortable furniture, the first upholstery that was wood and fabric. They would put a gimp around and then put nail heads Why to would they attach. do the gimp? Because um, it was a raw edge where the fabric would meet the frame. So they mm. were covering it. It was really used oh. as a tailoring technique where they would cover the raw edge of the fabric to the wood. That's how all of, that's like how all a Louis chair is. That's what you use a nail head for. Or a cord. You'd use a cord or a nail head. Yeah, something to cover. It's more difficult to use a cord. Mm -hmm. Um, You have a little bit more of a width with the gimp or the ribbon to do it. I've seen some someone out there. It's someone we've probably interviewed was doing it where they were doing it around like the top of a room before, like right under the. Oh, whole thing. I that love was that. Whitaker, and I'm it looked. Sure. Oh, she had like so tape tailored. It was a ribbon with nail head or something, or just mm-hmm. ribbon. 
It's either yeah, one or the it other. Was another pattern. I just remember really thinking how idea. brilliant to do in like a very simple room even. It's so beautiful in a room. You'll see that in show houses. Mark Seitz does it. Alessandra Branca, you know, is famous mm-hmm. for doing that. And it's so pretty. It's it's kind of where, you know, it's right below the molding. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's where either the wallpaper or if they use fabric and do upholstered walls, that's another place that you would put tape trim. Is it hard? It's beautiful. Um, you know what? I could did I it. Do it. You could do it. I did it um, in my sister in law had a guest room and I did it and it wasn't hard. Really? It was easy. I mean, you kind of oh. need two hands. Uh-huh. Um, you need two hands, but then, you know, we kind of hot glued it and then we, yeah. then we nailed it and it looks so Oh, designer. you did the nail head too? Yeah. Ooh. I want to do both. Ooh. I want to do it. It's Me cool. Too. You could do it. Do it. I'm going to do it. That's but, I mean, awesome. Think about it. You could even do it um, on the, the front of a bookcase. Right, like the mm. edge of a bookshelf. Book oh my gosh, I love that idea. That is really <laughs> beautiful oh. and very easy, and it's a way to bring color, you know. But yeah, and talk about detail, like designer yeah. detail. Or what about the inside of a door or something? So pretty, yeah. Like the in, in the panel, yeah, mm-hmm. the inside oh. panel or something. Yeah, you could use fabric and then a tape trim or a ribbon. I don't know if you could do a nail because sometimes those get really. You might want to do a performance then, fabric or yeah. treat the fabric, you know. Uh, if you're going to touch, touch it a lot. Yeah, yeah, true. Yeah. yeah, and then you put a tassel on the doorknob. Yes, Cute. you do. Love yeah. it. Yes, you yeah. do. I think it's time for a design oh, dilemma. Time to help someone. Oh, I'm yes. so scared. You guys, you make these really hard. These are hard. <laughs> it's not our fault. <laughs> This is from Carrie, and she writes, I have a new home with the ever-popular open concept. Since we moved in a few years ago, we have struggled with the transition from the kitchen to the living space. We have these columns that are a constant source of annoyance because as you walk from the living room into the kitchen and you constantly have to check up and adjust walking path to not hit the column. I know the issue seems silly and slight, but after nicking the column with a laundry basket about a million times, I've decided it's time to address the issue. The smaller opening on either side is 33.5 inches wide. The middle opening is 84.5 inches. The columns themselves are 13 inches wide. I know we have some furniture and placement issues that are contributing to the issue. The table on the wall in the kitchen is too big. The two chairs that face the fireplace are large as well, but the one closest to the kitchen is my husband's recliner and has to face the fireplace and TV. Um... My husband and I have been brainstorming for a while and are now considering closing up the columns and and either having one an opening in the middle we would remove the arch and square off the top we would close up on either side of the current columns leaving a wall from the corner on both sides or having an opening that would span about a foot to the right of the left of the column all the way to the wall on the right, if you are looking towards the living room, Karen's going to have to explain this again. I, I totally have to describe <laughs> these pictures. Wow. Um, uh, to finish what she um, wrote, we lean heavily towards option two since best address addresses our traffic flow issue. We have considered doing a built-in banquette in the corner of the kitchen where the new wall would go. I think moving the table towards the window would cozy up that corner and give us even more space to walk. I know a new light would be in order. Are there any alternatives that maybe I can't see? Is it a crime to close up elements of an open concept living space? P.S. The couch, the two chairs facing the fireplace, the pieces under the TV, and the TV are 
the pieces we really don't want to get rid of. The table on the wall in the kitchen could be moved, and the kitchen table itself could be replaced. We have a green tower next to the island for our son, and he will phase out of that in the next year or so. So it stays for now. And in the living room, the coffee table and accent chair in the corner could be moved as well. So she gave us all the details. A lot of details. I'm going to just describe yeah. quickly what's happening. Okay. It's a long, 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 long room. Starts with a kitchen. Then it has a dining room. Then it has an arch, a wide, which is eight foot wide arch. And on either side of that arch, it has two open doorways. So these are just three open things to walk through into a living room. And you walk in the living room and the back of the sofa, you're walking into the back of the sofa, which faces a television on the opposite wall. So it's a big, long rectangle. And the dining room and living room are divided by this wall that has a large arch and two doorways. And she keeps bumping into the columns that are separating the doorways in the arch. Yes. First of all, it is not a crime to fix a space no. that does not work for you. So who cares if it's open concept or not? Right. Fix the space to work for you. Yeah. Do you mm-hmm. have any ideas? Yeah, I do, actually. Queen. So um, when we moved to our current home, um, I employed one of my good friends who is an interior designer because I don't feel like space planning is my forte. And... I hired some guys, big guys that could move furniture. And she came in in a day. I hired her for like a day consult. And she walked around with me and really saw like how our life flowed into these spaces. Now, this is a house from the 1800s. It's like a very old house and with multi-levels. And she transformed my house by seeing how what our traffic flow was. like. Mm -hmm. And I always tell her, I'm like, you're the gynecologist of interior design. Like, you know, there's nothing that she, um, Susan Anthony, she just, she knew what to do. She's seen it all before. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I haven't seen it before. Mm-hmm. You know, that's not my forte. So what what I would suggest here is that there are pathways here that don't work. Like one thing that I would do is, you know, A, it's good design is designing based on how you live. You're Mm -hmm. not going to change how you live. So you really need to be cognizant of how you live, where your pathways are. You know, first things first, like I would maybe flip that table and go instead of east-west, go north-south. Right. So you could access. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you could access it. Um, And I think open concept is highly regarded in real estate. I wouldn't close it up necessarily. I would maybe see if you could take down the columns. I don't know if they're supporting walls, but if anything, I would maybe open it up if she doesn't like the columns. Um, And I would just really look at the, I can see, I mean, why would you want to go into that three foot door when you have this other eight foot space that you would want to go through? I don't understand that concept. So I I think you can see how you live. I think you can um, rearrange the furniture. It's not a big deal. Try it see what works. Um, If you could take down the columns, I would, you know, if that's even possible. Um, I wouldn't close it up because I think it's really desirable to have an open space. I would move the furniture around and give the furniture some breathing room. I think you maybe have too much furniture in there, Carrie. Yeah, but definitely flip the table north to yeah. south instead of east-west. Or even then, maybe think of a round table. Yeah. I think a round dining table. Oh, I would love that round table there. Um, might help you with your traffic pattern. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it would soften mm-hmm. the edges and then it would give you, you could go around it. Yeah, you mm-hmm. could easily fit six. You're only fitting six at this dining room table and you mm-hmm. can easily fit six at a, what size dining table do I need, Taryn, to fit six? 60, 54, yeah. either one. Yeah, to fit six, six. people. And your people. sofa looks great. You're not going to change your recliner. 
Mm-hmm. You know, you just need to, I think that's a great, great, you need to make it. So I have a friend who specializes in Airbnb and mm-hmm. VRBO spaces. And I was asking her like specific questions about it. And she said, you have to make it in Airbnb that people do not need instructions. Mm-hmm. So you have to make everything super self-evident. And it's the same with this. You shouldn't be thinking when you're walking through your house, do I go through the little door or the big door? You know, you have to make it very evident. And maybe that's how your rugs are. See, because your rugs stop, if you had a runner there, then you would, oh, well, I just follow the runner. You know, so there are all these tricks of creating pathways. And I think you need to play with the furniture placement. And I would, you know, make it totally evident which path you are taking into the living room from the kitchen with maybe some runners. Mm-hmm. Whoever designed this house, and I imagine that like it wasn't an architect, is really annoying. <laughs> I agree. I like, agree. Who planned this? Well, it's stupid. It it it, it defies practicality. Right. The, it doesn't make any because sense. they have. I mean, I guess they have the large center arch so that you can see from the kitchen into the dining room into right. the living room, which I personally don't love because then if you're having a, a party everyone sees your mess in your kitchen you know what i mean that's I, true i like some separation of church and state but that mm-hmm. is just me of course my solution is to wall it all up. <laughs> <laughs> you could and that well, would be a viable like, solution too using that. i mean it's what wherever you're not i, I don't understand it doesn't make sense to me well i think plan. if you hold up if you walled up the the large section then it's very clear that you would use either side of the doorway and you could make that some kind of built-in well and you could make those doors on either side more generously sized so like say you make them mm-hmm. four foot wide doors that are arched and you close the center, it's still going to feel very connected. You can still see through. Mm, You can't watch television from the kitchen. So wait, you're suggesting closing up the big walkway? Yes, because the big walkway is the one that is not practical. You walk into the back of the sofa, you walk into the middle of the dining room table, whereas the one on the left and the right, there's a back door right here that you're walking in the back door and you're trying to traverse through that door. And then on the other side, you're coming down the stairs and your path is right through that door. Yeah. Yeah, so the, the side doors are the ones that I think that's why she's banging into them because that's the ones that are naturally her traffic path. Mm-hmm. And the middle one is the middle door. See the middle well because then you have to veer around a table and veer around a sofa to go through the middle door. Unless you flip the table, Marcel. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, imagine if you close that, you could have amazing art. You could have like a really cool piece of furniture. And that's true. She'd um, have a lot more wall for. Like you said, okay. even storage uh, on the wall. And I don't understand the two chandeliers here over this table. Yeah, I would switch over the to one big one and a round That's centered table. under the arch, right? Yeah, yeah. I, lo- I, I would invest in that. I don't mind walking around a round table. I think this table, yes, it's, yeah, I mm-hmm. don't know. But So you say keep I would the have, big arch, close the little doors. Yeah. That was my first solution when I first mm-hmm. saw this. Mm-hmm. Um and don't, I mean, why would you get rid of the arch? She was going to like square it off. Maybe they just don't like an arch. Um, but then as I was looking at the traffic pattern, it didn't seem to make sense. I mean, I think part of the problem is the sofa is running into the back of the sofa. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So I'm, I don't know, maybe she should rearrange the furniture and just test before like making any real yeah, structural, structural issues. Tape it off so you can't walk through. Yeah, and like try mm-hmm. try living that way for like a little bit. Like move the yeah. sofa to where you're not walking into the back of it. But you she know. said her husband's chair has to face the fireplace. That's well, okay, but it doesn't mean that. 
Yeah. Like it could go, it could flip to the other side. That's where the fireplace yeah, is. I think she needs to play with the space, move things around, and maybe even set up her phone and do, um, you know, just film, film how their family goes for a day, you know, and do it and speed it up so they can see how people use how they're walking. It seems really odd for me, for what odd to me, for one chair to determine the entire traffic flow of an entire house. <laughs> like, that's the situation where I'd be like, honey, you're going to have to get over it. Like, we can find you some other seating options. Like, can we just test it out? I mean, that's I only hear, one I person in a family. Girl. I'm not like, going to lie, too. I kind of, her idea of the, you know, if she does change the opening completely, like if she's going to the trouble doing that and making a little like banquet corner in the kitchen like and moving her table also sounds kind of fun mm-hmm. yeah I like don't know that. if it would sit like how it would work and what table she'd use it all depends on how big she'd want to really right because right now you know it looks like she could have a more formal living room maybe or dining room around the corner so i don't know if this is her only table you know or if she has another one. Oh, for this is like her kitchen dining, yeah. and then she has a dining dining. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. I mean, right. and also like, is she, are they watching television from the dining room table? Because if they are, well, that mm-hmm. dictates whether or not you can close mm-hmm. that wall up. Um, mm-hmm. But the yeah. more I think about it, I like the big like four foot wide arch doorways with a wall between it. That's my vote. Because <laughs> then yeah. you need, you know, She's if, you're, play with if you're bonking into things too, you might need a little slightly wider doorway mm-hmm. instead of the thirty three inch. Right, right. They'd be very graceful feeling. Mm-hmm. She's got to play with it. Yeah. We're torn. Why doesn't she? I, here's what she should do. Okay. okay. She should put, like, rearrange the furniture, try that, like, try some different arrangements. And then she could even, like, get a piece of foam core and put it in the way and test that out for a little while. Good yeah. idea. Like, put something in the way of the doorway so she can't use it. See if she doesn't see how mind. that feels. Yeah, see how that feels. Yeah. Then do the reverse and close off the sides yeah. and try the middle. I and said to put masking tape up. You just tape it off so you can't walk through it. Well, yeah. Yeah, like Anything caution. Have that's caution that's right. Yeah. 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 Close Halloween it up. Caution tape. So your sure. kids can't run through there. <laughs> <laughs> but and then live with it, yeah. yeah see and, what works. Yeah. yeah. That's very true. Yeah. I do it to both and then like see which one you like better. You're totally right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I do find it supremely annoying, those two lights over the dining room table. Because everything is centered around the center axis of the arch mm-hmm. and the television. And and then there's these. And the kitchen island lights are light lined off up. to the center, off yeah. to the side. Doesn't make any sense to me. I want to rip that thing down. Yeah. <laughs> At least I have a pin. <laughs> over. <laughs> Don't sugarcoat it. <laughs> I yeah, mean, I, I get it that they, it's over the table, but I don't understand why the table's not centered. Well, she probably she, inherited it like that and yeah, then yeah. just hasn't yeah. had She just know, centered right. the table under, under the, the light fixtures. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right, right, right. And it's it, not your fault, Carrie. The interesting thing is that it looks like actually the the middle one. Wait, did you just say this? The middle one is centered yeah. in the room. Yeah. yeah. Those so are all like, centered. It's just one random other, one. Yeah, mm-hmm. just get rid of the other one. Mm-hmm. All right. Okay. okay, Carrie, get back to us. I don't Let know us that we know really you helped did. you, but mm-hmm. I think she's got to play. She's got to play with it, and it's trial and error. Yes. Yep. Way to sum it up. And Thank use you. and and use our room planning tool, Carrie. It's free. It's easy. It's going to help you kind of fiddle with where things could go and how they can fit. Um, yes. Before you start dragging things around, if you want, I'm just a dragger, but some people like a plan. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Jana, will you tell everyone where they can find you? Gina, oh, sure. I know. I'm I didn't so say impressed. trim queen. No. 
So you can find me at trimqueen.com, and that will also link Pinterest is Trim Queen, Instagram pin, Trim Queen, Twitter, everything's Trim Queen. She owns it. I <laughs> kind of, yeah, yeah. I own the Trim Queen, Trim Queen space, but it's been such a thrill to be here, and I thank you, and I learned so much about y'all too. Thank oh you, my God. thank you, yeah, yeah and thank you for our tassels. Yes, oh, not to take a picture and send it to you. Yeah, I'm gonna need to know where they ended up, where they end up oh, living. Oh yes. Yeah, these are amazing. They're gonna look great in my basement. Nice. <laughs> Somewhere. Well, Somewhere you have to qualify that. You have a fabulous basement. Yeah, yeah. That's, <laughs> That's true. <laughs> yeah, not a basement you're hiding them. No, no. Well, <laughs> by the time this podcast goes up, your basement tour will be on our Instagram. So Oh well. Everyone okay, can go fun. check that out. Yeah, if you haven't already seen Karen's basement tour, look it's, at our Instagram it's TV fun. channel. I talk a lot. <laughs> All right. That's our show. Thank you so much for listening. You can leave us a review in your podcast app. We would love to read it. Please leave us five stars. And of course, send your questions to podcast at ballarddesigns.net. Check out the show notes for this episode at howtodecorate.com slash podcast. Enable the um, how to decorate skill in your Alexa app so you can listen to us from your Alexa and follow us on social media at Ballard Designs. Until next time, happy happy decorating. decorating.